0: in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. When someone is asked, an Orthodox Christian, what actually is Lent, many in ignorance actually answer it's when we fast and that's about it. People don't really know what is the meaning of Lent. Some even say, oh, I would like when Lent comes because it gives me an opportunity to lose weight because I'm not going to eat certain foods, and this is a good chance for me to lose weight. And that is silly, because Lent is not meant as a way for people to lose weight. And when people do that, they actually gain more weight. So that's not what Lent's about. Of course, Lent during Lent there is abstaining from certain foods, But that's not entirely what Lent is. That's one part of Lent. And as I've said before, the devil can even help a person to fast. Why? Because he wants that person to fall into pride. Look, I'm doing the fast. When someone does anything out of pride, the devil does not bother us. But when someone does something out of humility, then he attacks. A lot of times when someone comes up to me and says, Father, I'm fasting and I find it easy. I become very concerned. I say something's wrong. But when someone comes up to me and says, I'm trying to do the fast, I'm tempted, I want to eat, sometimes I even fall, sometimes I can't hold that I like better because that means that that person is trying to fast sincerely and he's been attacked or she's been attacked so if fasting is only one part of lent well what else is lent now some will say there are different services that's true there are more prostrations that's true The priests wear different colour vestments, usually purple or black. That's true. But what else is it? Well, let us read, I will read to you some parts of Lent, of the Lenten services, especially in the first week. These are written by the saints. Now, I know some of you listen to the services in Slavonic or Greek or Serbian, but a lot of times... Some of you are not familiar with that language... ...so you miss out on the exact meaning. One, one of the uh, hymns that's sung during the first week of Lent... ...it says here, the saints, as I said, wrote this... ...and it says, O miserable soul... ...because when the saints wrote... ...it's as if they're speaking to their own soul. So when we read it, it's like we're speaking to our soul. We say, O miserable soul... Abstain from the passions and be saved. For abstaining from food is not acceptable as a fast unless we also correct our faults. Abstaining from food, the fathers of the church say, is not enough. But we also have to make an attempt to correct our faults. So it says he abstain from the passions and be saved. Well, what are the passions? Let's look, let's read another one. Let us keep a true fast before the Lord. Let us abstain not only from food, but from angry speech and lying, and from every other passion. So here the fathers of the church mention. One of the passions has been when we get angry, whether we get angry from within and we don't show it, that's still a sin, or whether we get angry and we show it, that's a sin. And lying and from every other passion, let's read another one, my soul, abstain from harmful passions, from jealousy and from hatred and all malice. And malice means when we desire harm for someone, when we wish someone something bad to happen to them out of jealousy, for example, we don't like that person. So we, we, in our hearts we say, I wish that person gets a divorce or I wish that person's children don't succeed at school or I wish that person loses that beautiful house they've got or I wish that person crashes their car or I wish that person dies or whatever people have within their hearts, all of us, fall under that. Why did the saints write it? Some will say they wrote it for us. No, the saints didn't write it for us. The saints wrote these things because that's what they experienced themselves. They actually went through these passions. Everyone goes through these passions. So jealousy, hatred, anger, lying. So Two things so far we've learnt tonight about Lent. One, abstaining from food, certain foods. Number two, abstaining from the passions, whatever is contrary to God's commandments. Let's read more to see what else. A pure fast means the putting away of sin, the rejection of the passions, love for God, attentiveness in prayer, Tears of repentance and acts of mercy to the poor, interesting we now have another thing there. the first ones are um, are basically the passions love for god that 's one of the other reasons we we, um, we got that the holy fathers have given us lent to help us come closer to God to help us to pray more to Obtain tears of repentance because what's the point in fasting if we don't have repentance but there's another thing that was just tucked in at the end of that an acts of mercy to the poor and I'll read you one more in this period of repentance in other words this Lent Lent means repentance the whole thing fasting, the strutting with the passions whatever we do has one aim to bring us to repentance. When we're distracted with television and internet and children and running around and money, not that you don't do those things to some extent, except if they're bad, there's a lot of distractions and a person cannot repent because to repent we need to focus. Like a married woman, for example, She complains and says, my husband's not focusing on me. I feel that his heart is not on me at all, doesn't think about me, doesn't feel about me. Because why? Because the husband's involved with the work or something like that. And the same with men who complain and say, oh, my my wife doesn't really feel anything because she's too busy with other things, distractions, distractions, distractions. So that's what Lent's about. Focusing more, concentrating by fasting, praying, fighting the passions to bring us to one aim, repentance. And why? Because without repentance, there's no salvation. What were the first words that Christ said? Repent. What was the last things he said on the cross? Forgive. We people, all of us, cannot obtain the kingdom of heaven, we cannot be saved unless we have repentance. And that's the purpose of, of, of the fast. So let's see the three things that we've learned tonight. Number one, abstaining from certain types of food. That's one part of Lent. Abstaining from the passions, in other words, doing the opposite to the passions, which is the commandments of God. And number three, especially work in works of mercy. And works of mercy are divided up into two groups. Physical works of mercy and spiritual works of mercy. Actually, uh, the fathers of the church say that the most important part of Lent is not the fasting, but doing good to our neighbour, performing works of mercy. But we forget that because it's a bit difficult for our pockets and purses. We think more about, oh, well, we're not going to have any milk, or we're not going to eat cheese, or we're not going to have meat. That's one part. But works of mercy is above that. Now, what are the physical or bodily works of mercy? Feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, clothing the naked visiting the sick, the disabled, the aged, the lonely, the mentally ill, those in prison, and the dying, and sheltering the homeless. These are what's called bodily works of mercy. But there's also what's called spiritual works of mercy. And by the way, the Holy Fathers of the Church say that above physical works of mercy is spiritual. So those things, of course, are important. But above that is what's called spiritual almsgiving or spiritual works of mercy. And what are they? I've got a few here. One is giving the word of God to people by giving a book or a CD or a little pamphlet to someone to help them to come closer to God. That's a work of mercy. So when Christ says to uh, feed the poor... He also means feed the poor in spirit those who do not have, those who are starving for the word of God. Because today, many are starving for the word of God, even if they don't know it. Their souls are starving. And that's why they run to alcohol, to sex, to drugs, to distractions, because their souls are unsettled and they're thirsty, they're hungry. And they think that satisfaction will come when they do these things. But what happens is, as we saw with the prodigal son, that when he left his father, he went and fed pigs, which means that he just was uh, swimming in the passions. And he served the the master there, which was the devil. And people today who are not feeding on the word of God, on the mysteries of the church, are starving. And you hear them say, I just can't. So they go out all night. Or they take so many drugs. Or they drink a lot. Or they watch a lot of TV and entertainment or internet or whatever. Or they want to make money. They believe that if they make money, that will satisfy the emptiness of their soul. But what do they find? That they're still unhappy. How do we know that? The rich people are unhappy. So we know that doesn't work. Then we've got those who just indulge in all forms of sexual things. Are they happy? They say no. Then we've got those who drink and those who take drugs. All those people, are they happy? No. Others think that if they become powerful or if they become glorious, then they will be happy. Someone famous, like a movie star, are they happy? No. Miserable people. Why? Because they are hungry. Their soul is hungry. God has given everyone a soul. And the soul can only be satisfied with God. Because God created the soul. And the only way to satisfy our souls is with God. And we obtain God through reading the Bible. We obtain God through prayer. And we obtain God through the mysteries of the church. We receive the grace. Then the soul becomes satisfied And begins to calm down. And that's why we see the saints who had nothing. A lot of them had nothing at all. And yet they were so content because they had God in their hearts. So all of us should, that's what Lent's about. By fasting, by praying, by doing prostrations, by doing works of mercy by reading the gospel, by participating in the services, by confessing often, by communing. All these things are a way that God imparts his grace to us. And when we, when we obtain that grace, then our souls begin to, to be satisfied. Depression today. There's depression that comes from physical problems in that genetic. It could be there's a lot of reasons there. But most depression today is a form of starvation souls that are starving, but they don't know it a lot of times. Another another work of mercy is helping someone by giving them spiritual advice or trying to help someone who's gone on the wrong road. That's works of mercy. Another work of mercy, spiritual, is forgiving offences with all our hearts. That's why, especially before the Lent, before Lent started, there was the reading of the Gospel where Christ teaches us the Our Father. And he says, if you do not forgive the people their sins, neither will God forgive your sins. So there's an emphasis on this forgiveness of, of other people when they do something bad to us. Today, unfortunately, one of the biggest problems is that people don't forgive. And when that happens, we are really cutting ourselves off from God. We will not be forgiven unless we forgive others. Now, husbands and wives, for example, some do not ask forgiveness. Some don't never say sorry. Then they wonder why they divorce. Then their children grow up as well And they never see their parents, who might have a fight and an argument, they never see them ask forgiveness. Then when they grow up, they do the same. One of the biggest reasons for divorce, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them is just that, that people can't just say, forgive me. In the monasteries, at the end of the day, when the compline occurs, everyone, all the monks and nuns, they bow down to each other, and ask forgiveness. And if during the day they had an argument with someone or they've got thoughts against someone bad because of something, they go up, they bow down and say, Forgive me. That should be practiced in the in in the family in, in the family, especially with the married couples. Married couples that do ask forgiveness from each other often become strong. Then it says here, asking forgiveness of those whom we've offended. So it's forgiving. And us asking forgiveness, refraining from returning evil for evil. When someone does something bad to us, we are not supposed to take revenge and do something back to them. And the other one, spiritually consoling the suffering, the sick and the afflicted. That's different to visiting. You may go and visit someone and that's it. But then when you offer advice or you give them a spiritual word by saying, you know, your suffering is a cross, that you're carrying, and you start to say spiritual words, then that's what's called spiritual giving, Spiritually helping the dying through word to prepare for a Christian death. You can speak to them, but also you can pray for them. And, of course, that's we come to the last one, praying to God for everyone, the living and the dead. That's a spiritual work of mercy. When you pray for someone that is living... And especially when we pray for those that have died, blessed are the merciful, then the more mercy we show others, then the more mercy God will give us when we die and more people will uh, pray for us when we die. The more merciful we are to the dead, the more God will um, inspire people to pray for us when we die. When we are not merciful, then a lot of times our loved ones that we think they love us at the end, don't even think about us, don't even pray for our souls. So that's why it's important to pray for others living and departed. So that's just a few words that I wanted to share with you about um, Lent. Don't be deceived. Do not think that Lent is just on the fasting, but Lent is the struggling against the passions the evil that's in us and do not fall into despair when you see within yourselves, including, this is advice to myself, when we see that there is evil in us, that there are passions, horrible things within us, do not fall into despair because that is a good sign because people think oh but being christian means that you're good that's protestant that you're a good boy or a good girl or a good man or a good woman that's what they teach but in the orthodox church we continually say lord have mercy why do we keep on saying that prayer if we think we're good Why would we keep on saying, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy? Or why do we do the Jesus prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Why? Because an Orthodox Christian who is progressing, you know that you are progressing if you see your faults, if you feel pain for your sins, if you see the passions within you. If we see that, Then the saints say, this is a sign that you are becoming healed because there are people who have physical sicknesses but refuse to recognise and say, oh, nothing wrong with me. So when they go to the doctor, if they even go, they don't even say what's wrong with them, they don't want. So those people, they're tragic. But then there's other people who are sick. They go to the doctor and say, doctor, I'm sick, help me. They're on the road to recovery. The same as in the spiritual life, the way that we know that we are coming closer to God is when we see our sins. That's what the fathers of the church say. And during Lent, because fasting is difficult, prostrations are difficult, the devil does attack more during Lent. All these pressures on the soul make the passions to manifest themselves they don't just that people say oh when I came to the church I became passionate all of a sudden I got all these evil things I never had that before no we always had them we just never knew that they were there we weren't aware of them but when we come to the church then God opens a torch he flicks on a light And that light is his grace. And when he flicks on the light, suddenly we see what's in us. And when that happens, we don't fall into despair. Because we don't want to become like Judas, that when he realised how evil he was and what he did, then he hanged himself. But let us be like Peter. Peter was confident and he said Lord I will never betray you and Christ said well when the rooster will crow tonight you will betray me three times and he did he betrayed him and what did he do did he go and hang himself like Judas no what did he do he cried he wept bitterly and asked God for forgiveness and God yes forgave him not only did he forgive him he made him one of the chief apostles so if God can do that to one who denied him and God can forgive so many people who, were, uh, who which we read in the, in, in the history of the church who did a lot of evil then why shouldn't he forgive us so let us not fall into despair that's what the meaning is Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy, my sinner. Means I believe that I'm going to go to hell because of my sins, but only if God shows His mercy will I be saved. So when we have that prayer and we understand that prayer, then be assured that if we die having in our hearts that prayer, Lord have mercy. That's all we need—three words: Lord have mercy. If we say that with our hearts. If we say, Lord, have mercy, meaning God, save me. I don't deserve to be saved, but I'm so sinful, but save me. Then God will save us 100%. Amen.